You're listening to Flexible Radio. This is Chase Wolf, and today we have a special guest with us. We have Coach Madeline Calcote Garcia with us, and we're going to be talking about the mistakes we made when starting our fitness journey. So just to get started, I'm going to have Madeline tell us a little bit about herself. So I'll hand that over to you, Madeline. Well, thanks so much for having me, Chase. I'm excited to be here. Um, I work full-time at a nonprofit, and I also coach at Flex Appeal in Wichita Falls, Texas. And I have my Girls Gone Strong certification, which I just finished up about a month ago. So um, I am relatively new in the coaching world, but having fun so far. Awesome. Yeah, I love the Girls Gone Strong certification. It is a great certification to have. So since we're talking about mistakes we made when we started our fitness journey, I'm curious, um, what were the mistakes that you made when you initially started your fitness journey? So I kind of narrowed it down to like three big ones that I think I, well, that I know that I made and that I think are common. Um, I've always been active in some capacity. So, um, I've done a little bit of everything fitness wise. Um, but one of the first or not first, these are in no particular order. One of the mistakes I made was buying a workout plan and a meal plan from bodybuilders. That was not my goal. I didn't want to look that way. Um, and it w- did not go well. It was terrible. Um, I was, you know, eating so much food and it's not bad to eat a lot of food, but I like couldn't eat that much food and it just, it didn't work. It was not realistic for me working full time to have seven meals a day and work out for two hours. It was, it was not going to happen. Um, and so I lasted all of like five days on that one. Um, Uh, One of the other ones is only doing cardio for fat loss and not doing any strength training because I was worried about getting muscular because I didn't want to look bulky. (laughs) Um, And so I exclusively did cardio and uh, wasn't eating enough either. So it was just a bad cycle of working out too much and not fueling my body enough. Um, And then probably the third one is just all the diets all these sort of fad diety things. Um, I've done most of them and I just realized none of them are sustainable and I need to learn how to eat in a way that I can actually do for longer than 30 days. Right. That's funny that your number, your number one and my number one are exactly the same. That's how I got started with lifting. I bought this bodybuilders lifting program Luckily it did not last that long because I ended up hiring a personal trainer, I guess about a month into it, but I would have never hired a personal trainer had I not started that girl's program. And then this trainer happened to see me squatting in the gym and he tried showing me a better way to do it. And then he offered me two free sessions and then it just kind of went, went from there, but similar program. It was you know, I think it was maybe five or six meals a day. It was a lot of food all at once. And I think a lot of people don't realize that just because you're following a meal plan doesn't mean that you will or won't lose weight. It kind of depends on where you are already. If you're someone that eats 1500 calories a day consistently, and then you buy this meal plan unknowingly or unknowingly knowing that you are actually doing a plan for 
1800 calories, then you will actually gain weight, but you're following a meal plan and it's all super clean and healthy. But again, if you're already, if you're used, if your body's used to eating 1500 calories, and then you do that jump to 1800, you are going to actually gain weight. So it can kind of, kind of be a bad situation if you bought that in hopes of losing weight. Yeah. And one of the big things I took away from that was just because someone is very fit and in shape doesn't mean that they can also help you get that way. Like sometimes what they do is not going to be what works for you. And that sort of that buying that training plan really taught me that because I was like, okay, I can't do this. I cannot eat this many rice cakes or egg whites. So like it was way too much. Right. And I think another thing is even as coaches, sometimes it's hard when you're a coach to not compare yourself to other coaches, especially in the department of how lean some of these people stay, because a lot of these bodybuilders, like the the girls that do bikini competitions and stuff like that, you would be surprised at how many of them are on something to stay that muscular and lean because I, I don't know very many people in real life that stay that way naturally. So, yeah. um, it's hard when you don't know, cause I used to compare myself, like, oh, I want to be that lean. I do not right. want to be that lean. I, I done that. <laughs> yes. So you just never know, but yeah, bodybuilding workout plans. Uh, also, you know, now that you're a coach, I'm sure you can see the difference between that plan you bought versus what you write for your clients and how structured it is. Because I feel like a lot of these, um, programs that you buy from a bodybuilder, they just, they put in all these lifts with so much volume and there's no real structure to it. There's no, it doesn't complement each other. It's just, they're throwing in everything they can to cram it all into this workout. Yeah. It was not personalized at all for like what my goals were. And honestly, looking back, I don't even think like I talked to her about what my goals were. I think it was just like, I just bought it and I just paid for it. Cause I was like, this looks good. I'm going to try it, you know? And so it wasn't even, there was no conversation about like, what do I actually want to get out of working out or trying to eat healthy? It was just like, this is what you need to do, you know? So definitely looking back and comparing it to what I do now, I was like, there was no way that that would have ever worked for me. Even if that was my full-time job, I was like, I probably still would not have made it as a bodybuilder. Right. I mean, and you work full-time, it's really not, it's not realistic for you to try to get in the gym every day of the week or even five days of the week. That's a lot. And a lot of people think that you can't see progress on just two or three days when you can, if you just do it consistently. So I'm sure that that program was pretty intense. And I think the only way uh, I like four days a week, that's kind of my happy medium, but I think the only way I could go five or six days a week is if I hired a personal trainer and had to stay accountable (laughs) and show up for that. But if you're hiring someone for five or six days a week, then that's, that'll, you know, get kind of pricey pretty fast. So definitely. Yeah. I'm doing good. If I get two to three days a week, like that's usually my average. Um, and you know, that's what I can do at the moment and it's working so far. So yeah, I, uh, my other one that I had a really hard time with was going from eating off of a meal plan to what do you do after that? Because 
Uh, it kind of goes into a little bit on the reverse dieting, but any diet, and you mentioned you have done all the, all the diets. So yes. any diet you do, no one ever talks about what the plan for after that diet is. And that's probably one of the biggest mistakes I made was I followed a meal plan, but I had no plan for how to eat after I stopped following that meal plan. So I knew how to eat on the meal plan. It was super healthy. And I did stick to that for a while, but then after that, I tried going back to eating normal and I could not figure out what a normal, (laughs) I couldn't figure out what normal was anymore. It's so weird when you're so used to eating off that meal plan. So then I hired a trainer to write me another meal plan, but the meal plan, that one was miserable. It was like, uh, five eggs, a fourth, a cup of onions. It was so nasty. It was nasty. And then the snack was like seven almonds. It was very weird. And you're just like, are you just trying to give people eating disorders? And now I know that as a trainer, you cannot write meal plans. So now it's even more alarming that I paid someone for a meal plan because you can't do that. You can make suggestions. You can, um, you know, precision nutrition, we do the palm full of protein, cup handful of carbs, but that's them picking what they want to eat. But you can't say you need to eat three ounces of chicken, half a cup of rice and, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. So <laughs> it's crazy to me now that I paid someone for that and they weren't even legally allowed to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Like at that time and looking back, I'm like, well, yeah, there's definitely a reason why they shouldn't do that and why you're that is legal. Um, but yeah, like you with a meal plan, you don't learn how to eat. You don't learn how you can make a smart decision when you're eating out. Like that's what, why thinking about like a palm full of protein and, uh, you know, thumb of fat and veggies and carbs, like that is how you learn how to maintain your eating and you can go out to eat and be like, okay, I'm going to order this specific meal because it fits what I want to do right now. Whereas like, a meal plan doesn't really teach you that you just eat what is prescribed. That, and I think that even with cooking from home, I feel like sometimes people are so intimidated by cooking healthy foods because they think they have to be these Pinterest worthy meals or Instagram worthy meals. Um, and they really don't, you could make barbecue chicken sandwiches fit your goals. You've got your barbecue chicken as your protein source your carb source is the bun that's, uh, there. And then fat source, you probably have it in the bun, depending on how much fat's in the bun, but you probably just assume it's there and then vegetable source, and then you're good as exciting as having barbecue chicken sandwiches with two different carb sources as a side, like potatoes and something else. No, but you can eat what you want to eat and still make it fit your goals. And so I feel like just learning how to, you know, make healthy decisions is so much better than following a meal plan, following a strict diet and having a plan. If you are going to do a strict diet, having a plan in place, because, um, I see a lot of people that do these strict diets and then they get off and they go, they, they might have good intentions. They might try to stick with a similar structure, but typically it goes back to how they uh, have been eating in the past. And then they end up gaining a lot of the weight that they lost. Yeah. And I, that's what I think one of probably the longest running mistakes that I like continue to make was like, Oh, I'm just going to, I read this new book about how to eat. I'm going to follow this way now. And then it would just keep 
going because there was always something new. And I think that was probably that that's probably one of my longest running things that I continued to do because I felt like there was always a new way to eat and that it would somehow be easier than the last one that I had tried and work better. Um, so it's way easier to eat now that I don't have to worry about that. So, uh, yeah. And that seems like a lot of effort too. Did you feel like it was just continuously exhausting trying to figure out, uh, you know, what you're eating. I don't know what diet it was, but I had a friend that she got married and then she was moving to, um, North Dakota and she had done one of the diets where you have to like make your own, I don't know what it was, but whenever she was moving, she gave me like eight bottles of mayo. And I was like, why do you have eight bottles of mayo? And she's like, I had to get one without this specific ingredient in it to follow this diet. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with eight bottles of mayo, but either way, that seems like a lot of effort just to have some mayo. So yeah. And it was all consuming. Like you think about it all the time. Cause you're like, okay, if I have to go out to eat or if I'm like, don't forget to pack my lunch or forget to like prep for dinner. Like, what am I going to eat? So you're always thinking about it. And now I'm like, I don't think about what I'm going to eat all the time, unless I'm hungry. Um, you know, cause I'm like, Oh, I can just put together a meal with things that I have, or we have recipes that we cook around here or at home. And so it's just way simpler. Cause I'm not like, Oh, well, I can't use this one specific sauce because it's bad, you know? Um, <laughs> right. yeah. I'm like, Oh, if I want to like use this dressing, I can use this dressing because it tastes good. You know? It's not the stress of like, oh, I have to read labels and which you should read labels if you have a food allergy. But other than that, it's not like the most important skill set, contrary to what several books told me. So, (laughs) right. So what would you say is the longest amount of time you've been on a strict diet like that? Oh, probably like six months. Like they were, that was the longest one. And that was, I had me hanging by a thread. It wasn't sustainable. I don't know how I kept it up that long. (laughs) And after the diet, did you go back to how you ate before or how did you kind of get out of that mindset? Oh, it just went, I just went fully in the other direction. Really? Yeah. I was like, no sugar, no this, no whatever. And then I would just like jump in with like a bowl of Captain Crunch and chocolate milk or whatever, you know, it was, there was no in between. Like I did not Uh, eat back then. Yeah. Um, which also just isn't really pleasant. Uh, you know, like, I don't feel like I have to do that anymore. Cause I don't, uh, I don't tell myself I like, can't have things. Like if I want something sweet or if I want a bowl of captain crunch, I have like one bowl, not like eight, you know? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> I used to have a really hard time with sweets. I love sweets. I love to bake. And I would tell myself, that I couldn't bake during the week, only on the weekends. And that would be the time I would have something sweet when I would bake on the weekends. But then it just turned to this thing where I I was restricting so much during the week. If I wanted something sweet, I'd say, no, I'm going to wait till the weekend. But then on the weekend, it would be whatever I bake, plus like a whole sleeve of Oreos and, you know, like 18, 19, 20 year old Chase totally (laughs) could (laughs) down a sleeve of Oreos and it'd be fine but is it the best for my health no and now I'm like man I cannot believe that I did that for so because it was a week weekend thing it was just every weekend and now I bake on a Sunday like I'll make a chocolate cake on a Sunday and I won't even 
really think about it and I'll ha maybe have a slice, maybe two during the week. And I'm perfectly content. I can stop at one slice now because I'm not restricting myself in any way, shape or form. And I think for me too, it was like the mental switch of like, you can have that whenever you want. Like I'm an adult. I can literally buy any sweet that I want to at any time. So it's not like limited. I, it's not like, oh, I can only have it on this one day on Saturday or Sunday. Like just sort of like for me, that mental switch of like, oh, I can eat this anytime. So I don't have to eat it all in one sitting. So that was, <laughs> you know, it just sort of that, um, that change of thinking of like restricting. Yes. And it's not even just that, that mental switch for food, but also, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I noticed it about myself, but when I had that mentality, I did that for things I enjoy. I can't go to Starbucks unless it's a Friday because Friday's so special because it's the weekend, you know, the start of the weekend or, you know, I do like rewarding yourself in some instances, but I think that we can take the reward too far where we're only allowing ourselves to enjoy certain things on the weekend because it's the weekend, whether it be yeah. food or reading or whatever it is that you like to do. Yeah. So I, I certainly have a weekend candle, like, I had to save up the candle. I was like, <laughs> I could buy another one. Like, you know, I was like, this isn't the only candle in existence that smells like this, you know? And I was like, as soon as I said that out loud, I was like, that sounds insane, but I have done it. So, uh, no, I totally understand, but it's crazy how our food things can kind of translate to other areas. And then you're like, I'm not actually enjoying, but 25% of my life because I'm saving it for special things. So I might as well enjoy every day in some way, shape or form. I'll light the candle. I want to light because I can buy more candles, read the books. I want to read, take the time to, you know, go to target during the week instead of saving it for a Saturday morning, whatever it may be. But I feel like whenever you shift the food mindset, other things come as well. So well, I think that that's really all I have for today. This was a really great discussion. Thank you so much for hopping on and allowing people to kind of hear your side of things, especially now that you're a coach and things are different. You're consistently lifting. You've changed your mindset on food and just overall have done a complete turnaround. So yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Um, anytime. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening to Flexipill Radio and we will see you next week.